0: Welcome to Last In Line Podcast, where we are highlighting, showcasing, and spotlighting great leaders of faith who have overcome adversity, cultivated resilience, and served others in a significant capacity. So settle in and be encouraged by this episode of Last In Line Podcast. Gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Josh Norman. To last in line podcast Josh works at the University of Oklahoma in the player development department and specifically community engagement for former player relations and current director of soul mission for current players which is an initiative that the head coach Brent Venables brought into the university two years ago when he accepted the position and brought on staff members like Josh who had played at Oklahoma uh, in the past. Josh was a running back from 1998 to 2000 and a wide receiver in 2001, uh, helped the Sooners win a national championship in uh, the year 2000, and Josh has come back to serve, but before that, he was in coaching, so he coached high school football. Um, he worked in ministry, uh, he, he's a native of Midland, Texas, and so Josh has been all over the coaching uh, landscape, and he's also shared something that was pretty surprising uh, about his hobby and passion, and I guess it's a little bit of a side hustle. He is in the musical production business. Music production business. I don't guess musical is the right term, but he is into uh, music production. Uh, he is actually a gifted uh, vocalist as well, I believe. And so Josh surprised me with that one. But what we get into is how this university at Oklahoma, and I know a lot of other universities do this in their, in their athletic department, but specifically Oklahoma has initiated this program called Soul Mission. It stands for Serving Our Uncommon Legacy. It gets players to see out into the community the needs that are there, to use their platform in a positive way, to teach them life skills, to show them how to be better men, and to be equipped when they come into the, the real world of a profession, of a relationship. If they don't make it into the NFL, that gives them um, an outlet to be able to be useful and, and create a, a career. They teach them uh, anywhere from resume writing and interviewing to they all get a custom suit when they come onto campus so that they would be prepared for interviews as well. And there's countless other ways that they serve in the community, but Josh and I talk about that. We talk about his role there and just the vision that the head coach has cast and everybody's bought in. And they're just building good men, not just good athletes at the University of Oklahoma. So I think you're going to be blessed by this. I think you're going to enjoy josh's perspective more importantly you're going to hear his heart for faith for his love of jesus and how he incorporates that in all he does so welcome with me josh norman to last in line podcast josh norman man welcome to last in line podcast great to have you
1: glad to be here man i appreciate you having
0: me on well i mean we uh it's it's awesome how stuff comes together and people connect, and, and I'm a big, I grew up in Oklahoma, I'm a big OU fan, and a lot of the guys I listen to are football fans, but I have a lot of like Southeast Conference guys, which applies to us next year, but then I've got some Oklahoma, North Texas guys, but um, I say all that to say, I listen to the Oklahoma radio station. This is for the listeners that don't know why I'm having Josh Norman on. You'll soon find out. Uh, Well, you'll, you'll appreciate it if you don't know who he is, but so the, the voice of the Sooners and wherever you live, if you're a football fan in college, you know, the voice on the radio of the team, they're usually a pretty good personality, a, a big name and everybody knows them. Well, Toby Rowland has been on the show, uh, our podcast last year, and he's the voice of the Sooners and he's amazing. Well, I reached out to him and was asking a couple questions and uh, he said, you know, you might want to talk to Josh Norman. He is involved in this big time uh, program initiative uh, mission that the players have because of coach Brent Venables. And so I reached out to Josh, and here we are. Man, we're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about football, of course. We're going to talk about what's called at the University of Oklahoma as the soul mission, S-O-U-L, and he's going to go into some of that. But before we do that, Josh, let me ask you this real quick. And I don't know how many podcasts you do. I don't know how many interviews you do. I heard you on the radio with Toby a couple weeks ago. Um, But, give me, man, just tell me what you hope – guys might walk away with from a message that you might have? Like, what do you hope you may be over here? If you walk by some guys, listen to this, to this podcast with you and I, what are you hoping they're talking about?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, it, it really be a couple of things. Uh, one would be, you know, um, to shine a light on uh, the work that we do uh, here at the University of Oklahoma for um, for our, our student-athletes. Um, football student athletes specifically uh through the vision of coach venables um you know i think we're we're, we're doing it uh, as good as anyone in the country when it comes to player development uh the programming that we have uh and the the care and the service that we give to our players uh, the layers of support that we have around our players i think we do it uh, better than anyone in the country um mm-hmm. uh, but you know on a personal note man um uh, you know, I hope uh, that anyone who hears this, um, who, who doesn't know, uh, know Christ, will come to know Christ. Uh, and those who do know him will uh, want to grow closer to him. Mm. Um, you know, that's, uh, you know, anytime I have a platform and, and the opportunity to to share with someone, it's like, man, I could give you all of these great um, insights and, uh, you know, quotes from all of these you know, great wise men and women. uh, But ultimately it's, it's all, it's all pointless. If, if, if you, if it's not pointing you to Christ and, and, you know, salvation for eternity. And so uh, I always try to make sure that, you know, if I, if I, somebody asks me a very pointed question like that, that's, that's really um, what I want everybody to know, man, is that there's life and uh, there's, there's, there's hope in Christ.
0: Yes, sir. Well, uh, we are all singing from the same hymnal, so to speak, here at that at this sure. podcast, and so you're right at home. And yeah, we're just glad to have you. I know it's a day before a big game and a home game, and the Sooners are having a pretty special season. And um, even beyond the field, I think they're doing some really great things that I want to talk more about later too. But um, just got off of a big win of our, you know, our perennial rival texas and i live in houston so you can imagine how refreshing <laughs> that was for me to watch um especially after last year you know uh what happened yeah. there so we're, we're we're floating on air up in norman oklahoma i can imagine but it's not that's the work's not done uh we're not even close yeah. to done so uh um, yeah, we ain't floating
1: on air man we, we got <laughs> our feet firmly in the ground and uh, Taking one step at a time, one day at a time.
0: There you go. I mean, there's the standard football answer. I, I don't blame you. I mean, that's how we do it, man. One day at a time, <laughs> one snap at a time. Um, no question, man. Okay, so we're gonna fill in the blanks here. I call this the life sentence. So okay. we're gonna, you're gonna com- complete the sentence that I have for you. Okay. Start with. There's only three or four here, and they're really pretty light, so no pressure. All right. All right. First one. My dream as a kid was to play in the NFL. That's it. All easy. right. Yeah, you you, was... d- you did play in the NFL, did you not?
1: I did, yes sir. That's
0: right. Yep, I did. it. who'd uh, you yeah, play for?
1: Played for the San Diego Chargers and Oakland Raiders. And it was literally a dream come true. Like that's I, so cool. like since I was like six, five or six years old. Like that's that was the one thing that I wanted to do.
0: So, did you grow up out west, or were you, are you an Oklahoma kid? Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a
1: West Texas boy. Grew up okay, in Carolina, raised in Midland, Texas. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Did you go to
0: Midland Lee? I did. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Yep. I thought I saw that. Okay. Big time. Form- formerly also. known as Midland Lee. Okay. Well, all right. So you were drinking... you. <laughs> So then everything else was just uh, – you're playing with house money. You already accomplished your life dream, and, man, that's uh, pretty cool. I mean,
1: yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I I wish we had a soul mission when I was in school because it would have helped me have a a, a better perspective. But uh, okay, but yeah, from, well, from a child, that's what I wanted to do.
0: Eyes on your own paper, Josh, because you just led me into my second one here. Uh yes, sir. Here you go. In college, I wish I would have.
1: I had soul mission. Like, and I know you know we'll we'll dive deeper into what Soul Mission is, but I mean when I tell you that, um, you know the things that we uh, provide for our guys are things that would have helped me in so many different areas um, of my life. Uh, You know, and I'm you know if I'm being honest, you know, at 43 years old, I look back and um, look at my time in the NFL, and I was blessed to have that opportunity. Uh, but truth is when I was a 21 year old rookie, uh, I was not prepared. I wasn't mm. prepared. I wasn't prepared to be a professional. I wasn't prepared to, um, to handle the pressures. I wasn't prepared to, uh, you know, ha- handle my finances, uh, in the right way. And so, um, yeah, I just like, Soul mission would have, uh, at least given me a foundation, uh, to, to be able to, um, better handle myself,
0: uh, at that level. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I can imagine, I, I don't know exactly what you guys, if if you have a challenge, just like every other state funded institution with bringing in faith and spirituality, I know you can offer it and it's not mandatory. And so whoever wants it can get it. Uh, was it a challenge for you? I mean, I know you played at OU and they didn't have this particular program, but what, was it a challenge uh, in a, in the faith department? Did you grow up a Christian? Like,
1: yeah, no, I, I grew up in, in a Christian household, uh, Christian values, Christian leadership. My dad and my mother, um, although they were divorced at, when I was a, a young child, eight years old, uh, but you know, they both uh, poured that into my life. Uh, and then even here, you know, like um, there there was a great. Um, Christian support system around through FCA uh, and do Bible studies and different, you know, local churches um, that I was uh, involved with. And, you know, a lot of my friends uh, to this day, you know, were uh, built through those relationships. And uh, mm-hmm. so that wasn't um, necessarily a huge issue uh, for me, uh, but it was more of, um, you know, just how to handle um, being uh, an adult, you know, just yeah. everyday life skills that you have from, you know, managing, uh, you know, and, you know, the truth is like NFL is a different, a different beast, man. Uh, it's not like, you know, coming out of college and going into, you know, uh, some entry-level position, like it's just a different animal, uh, and in, in how you have to conduct yourself and the responsibilities, uh, and the demands and the pressures, um, and, you know, I just, I, you know, I was young and I just was not ready. I didn't have I didn't have the skills to to um, to to handle everything that was being thrown at me at that time. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I had the ability, I had the talent, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, those other uh, other skills, I, I just hadn't developed yet. And so,
0: yeah. And I I, the, I, I wonder how much, you know waste of talent is out there because of that you know I wonder how many guys get in especially when they're coming in even maybe younger than 22 or 23 they come in the league and and they barely know how to tie their shoes at that point and and they're you know with all that pressure so yeah I can imagine there's a lot that fall off that you're like whatever happened to him and then you know because you hear about him in college and they're just elite and then you just thought they fall off the face of the earth. Okay. Give me a one B though. I know that's your biased answer. You wish you would have had soul mission. That was one A. So what's one B on that answer? What do you wish you would have had in college? Maybe if it's from a restore standpoint, um, a discipler. I mean, I know FCA is big on campus, but did you have something you wish you had more, you know, maybe along the lines of of something like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, like that was not a, a biased answer. Like that was a legitimate answer that, yeah. um, now granted before I, before I had this job of working with soul mission before there was a soul mission, mm-hmm. I would have said all of those things that soul mission does. Okay. You know, like I, I wish okay. I would have had this type of structure. I wish I would have had somebody to teach me, you know, uh, about, uh, finances. I wish I would have yeah. had somebody to teach me, uh, about these life skills that, that you need I wish I would have had somebody to prepare me better on what it would look like to be a professional athlete. You know, okay, uh, yeah, like all like the, all of the things that we're providing for our student athletes. Are that's the things good. That I had, yeah.
0: No, that's good, man. No, I, I, I mean, there's really, I, I bet I, I'm going to find out more in a minute about when we dig into that more. But I bet that's a common answer that guys are thankful now that are in the program that have it because if they talk to anybody that didn't have it. I bet you they have the same thing, that same answer you have. All right, so how about this one? Yeah,
1: just just oh, on, on that, like part of my responsibility in the position that I'm in now is uh, former player relations, and mm-hmm. all of them they always tell me, and I'm talking about guys from, you know, as late as the '50s all the way up till guys who graduated in 2021. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish I I wish we had a soul mission when I was here, you know, and so like. Yeah, we'll we'll dive into it. And like That's I good. said, I think we, we're doing it better than anybody in the country.
0: Well, uh you played at the time and, and it's about time for another one, but you got a ring uh back when you played and you played for yes, one of sir. the greatest ever legend coach Bob Stoops. Yeah. How about this? one? finish the sentence here. The best part about playing for Coach Stoops was winning the championship. <laughs> no, you can't say that. <laughs> no.
1: Okay, I can't what say that. else? <laughs> uh the best part about playing for Coach Stoops, um, man, you know, like that's a hard question just because, you know, as a player, there wasn't a whole lot of like interaction with Bob Stoops. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you mostly dealt with your position coaches and strength and conditioning coaches. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Uh, he was he was the leader and, you know. Obviously, he 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 put things in place to to run the program, but mm-hmm. you know, um, and so you know, like that that that's a tough one to answer. Okay, well, what
0: about what about this? Let me take it a step further. What do you admire most now that you're kind of removed from that, and you still know him and keep in contact? He's still around yeah. the program. What do you yeah. admire most about Bob Stoops?
1: Man, just uh, his leadership, man. Um, you know, sometimes you don't even realize it w- while you're in it you know? Um, yeah. Uh, but, you know, um, one thing I've, I've, I've learned over my years of, of being, um, you know, from being a player to being a coach, um, you could tell a lot about, like, I think a lot of people view player coach relationships um, based off of what it looks like when the coach is coaching the player and the player is playing for the coach. Mm. Uh, but you can say, you could tell a lot about that on, um, once the player is no longer there. You know mm. what I'm saying? And uh for me, man, my re- my respect and um appreciation for Coach Stoops has grown more over the years. Uh, just because, you know, he's always picked up the phone. He's always responded to text messages, he's he's made phone calls for me uh when I'm, you know, applying for certain certain jobs. Mm. And um, and he does it for all of his guys, you know what I'm saying? Like all of the guys that play for him, man. He does it for all of them. And so um, you know, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a lesson for me. Um, you know, like I, I want that type of relationship with the guys that I coach. Uh, uh, I, I You know, I want to be, um, you know, I want to look back and, you know, obviously be proud of the, the, um, the things that I did as a coach on the field. Uh, but more than anything, the relationships that I've I've built and the relationships that I've maintained and sustained over the years.
0: Yeah, no, that's, yeah, I would imagine you get a little bit closer glimpse of who they are as a person after you're not a player for them. Like you said, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Okay. Last one here. And then we'll dive in, man. My prayer for this generation of collegiate student athlete is. Hmm. God
1: dang. It's it's a long list.
0: (laughs) (laughs) General Um, terms, I guess. Take the pressure off a little.
1: Yeah, man. um, Honestly, man my prayer for these student athletes is, is that they, they come to know Christ and, and know him better. I mean, like that. And I'm not just throwing a, a generic cliche answer. Yeah, like That's really what I feel like, man. And, you know, I'm constantly, um, challenging myself, uh, in this role to, to do a better job of, of, uh, discipleship and evangelism and, you know, mm. uh, leading these guys and pointing these guys to Christ. Uh, I think a lot of times, and it's just, just natural for us in in our daily lives, you know, um, to, to apply uh, worldly and, and man, man's wisdom. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But, you know, I think that's the beauty about the position that I'm in now that we here are so missionary in is that, you know, once we establish these personal and, Uh, deep relationships with these guys, we can, we can have those types of conversations with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, just being, being mindful, uh, being intentional about, um, about those opportunities is is important. And so, you know, my prayer is that that they will come to know Christ if they don't know him. And if they do, that they'll grow closer to him. um, So that, um, because, you know, like I said, ultimately, man, like you can have, have the greatest career in your life. You can, you know, make all of the money you want. You can take care of all your family and stuff. But um, if you're not in eternity, you know, uh, in glory, man, with the Lord, like what
0: what right. did it even matter, man? So, that's good. yeah. That's right. That's good. No, that's awesome. Uh, Man, you guys are doing some awesome stuff, like eternal stuff there. Like you're not just winning yeah. games. Y'all are pouring into people that are going to change, like, people's legacy and grandkids of these kids you're coaching so um all right well let's dig in a little bit some of your background we touched on i mean we talked about your faith a little bit and and some but like coming up to you're in your second year of the role you're in now right and so along the way you've been a coach and i think i read you were in music ministry at yeah yeah. A place up in Oklahoma. Uh man, take me that's a that's a different, I mean, that's a kind of a different move from uh, you know, being <laughs> a division two college, you know, coach and then or a high school coach and then in music ministry. So talk take me through, I guess, yeah. just a little bit of uh you left OU, you went to the league, you came out of the NFL, you started looking for coaching jobs, I imagine. I don't know what tell me tell me how that kind of transpired.
1: Yeah. So I guess I'll start back to uh my childhood. <laughs> so, uh, as a child, uh, I was just always just super intrigued with music and loved music. I'd spend like days just sitting next to a stereo, listening and listening to music, transcribing songs, uh, the lyrics of songs, um, which led me to to writing poetry. Um, and I used to just write poetry as a child. And so, when I got to college, I started to learn how to play the piano. Uh, I, you know, I went to this Bible study and Scott was playing the piano and I just kind of look at his hands to see what he was doing. And then I'd go and practice it and I just started learning how to play the piano that way. Uh, well, my junior year, uh, one of my best friends from my childhood, uh, back at home in Midland had, uh, he, when I went back home to visit one time, he showed me this song and, uh, he was like, yeah, look at this, listen to this song I did. I'm like, what do you mean you did this? Like, you know, this was back when, like we didn't know anything about that. You know what I'm saying? Like studio or, uh, music was yeah. produced in, in multi million dollar studios, you know? And so, um, when he told me and I was like, what do you mean you made it? Like walk me through that, talk me through that. And so he showed me how he produced this song and recorded this song and I was intrigued. And so I was like, man, next time I come back home, I'm going to have a song ready. And so, um, you know, I took some of the things that I was learning on the piano, um, uh, And, you know, took some skills that I had from writing poetry and wrote a song. And uh, when I went back home, I recorded it. And at that moment, I just fell in love with it. And um, that was my junior year. The next time I was able to do that was after, like, my senior year in college. And so when I was, you know, able to make it to the NFL and had a little more money with my my signing bonus, I bought a bunch of equipment and uh, started to learn how to produce music. And so, wow. uh, even when I was playing ball, you know, in the off season and stuff like that, I would just try and learn how to produce music. And so, when I was done playing ball, I had, you know, a great foundation of that skill. Um, I'd even opened up a studio back at home in Midland that I was running and uh, stuff like that. And so, I moved back to Oklahoma. Uh, I was still doing music production, uh, but it was, you know, what was never in a position where I could make a lot of money doing it. Uh, and so, you know, I got into coaching, coaching at the high school level. Um, here at CCS here in Norman and had a lot of success as the head my first head coaching job there uh but one one day man I was just praying and uh, I felt like God told me he wanted me to just focus on on, on music and so um I, I walked away from football and for the next three years I just did music and I just produced music uh, solely and um you know did produced a lot of albums for a lot of artists here locally and um, done a lot of a lot of de- different things over the years for television and film and mm-hmm. stuff like that and so it's something that i still do to this day and uh have a have a, a great passion for it and uh have, have, have done it for a long time and so uh some i don't i don't ever see myself putting away anytime soon for sure
0: wow that's really cool man that's I, I, stuff you don't know about people i mean that's part of why i do this podcast like yeah. literally i make no money on this podcast but man the yeah. What I gained from it is is far beyond that because I'd have never known that, and that's a cool.
1: Yeah, I,
0: mean, I, I just think that's neat because uh, I, I I write poetry too. I write songs. I've written books. Okay. Of course, but but I've written yeah a couple worship songs that me and our church awesome. guy uh pastor had had recorded. But yeah, so I think that's really neat, man. Uh, do you sure. is it Christian genre? I mean that you're writing. Yeah,
1: so the um style wise is mo- mostly you know. Um, R and B, soul, hip hop, cool,
0: cool, cool, pop
1: type style, uh, with Christian messages.
0: Um, wow. You know,
1: so, um, but you know that's that's one thing that I do. Like I said, I also do music for like television and film, okay. uh, which is just you know instrumentation music for television yeah. and film. Uh, and yeah. then also, so another cool thing when I was when I was still playing in San Diego, like I said, in off season I'd be working on music and stuff. And uh, one time. I was working with an artist there in San Diego, and we were just in the studio, just kind of vibing, not doing much. And uh, and I just had a thought. I was like, hey, man, you think you could write lyrics about LaDainian Tomlinson? He was like, yeah, that's easy. So he got online, looked at his bio, and then incorporated a lot of that stuff from his bio into the lyrics of the song. I produced the music. We recorded it. I gave it to LT just like, hey, look what we did. And uh, he was like, he loved it and uh, ended up getting to play at the stadium during games so if he had a big play or you know score touchdown or whatever they played the song and people started hitting him up on his website like hey where do we get the song that they're playing oh at the my store?
0: gosh really? just,
1: uh, i don't know <laughs> we just did it for fun and so uh from that I, I actually developed a product uh called champion anthems and so over the years uh i've done uh i've done songs for um, you know college basketball teams football teams high school teams, nonprofit organizations, and uh and then just this year uh we did the official champion anthems for the Chicago Bears. And so yeah man, like that's that's Dang. something that I do uh and love Dang,
0: them. dude. You might yeah. want to add that to your bio because when you sent that to me. I don't think that was in there, but uh, that's pretty cool, man. That's yeah. So time. the Chicago
1: Bears did. Yeah, I need. To, I, I probably do need that. The, the <laughs> yeah, that's the big time. Happened, but the Chicago Bears thing literally just happened within the last month, month and a half, two months, and, and I hadn't updated that bio. Let's since
0: then, go. So. All right. Well. Okay. I don't know what other secrets you're going to come out in this conversation, but man, that's pretty good <laughs> stuff. I bet there's a lot of people that don't know that about you. Um, man. Okay. Well, you mentioned FCA a minute ago. I've written a couple mm-hmm. uh small group huddle books for the local FCA here um, real close with one of the directors. Uh, did you, was that a person like whoever was the chaplain of the team or with the FCA no. Guy, like was that somebody you looked up to as kind of being a discipleship yeah. mentor of, of sorts? Or I know it's such a big team, big campus. I don't know, maybe it's hard to do that, but who were some of your spiritual mentors along that time?
1: No, it definitely was. Uh Mike Witson, he was our FCA director here at OU. Um, loved that man. And um, he just yeah, he was he was he was great for me. Um and you know, I spent a lot of time with Mike just because I, I, I was all over the state speaking for, at fca events and so um spent a lot of time on the road with mike and just hanging out with him getting to know his family and um so yeah he was instrumental in in my uh spiritual foundation uh and and as a spiritual leader for me here at ou uh i can remember conversations that we had where you know he was pouring into me man and, um Love that dude, man. I hadn't talked to him in some years now, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, when I think back to my time in college and the experience that I had here at college, he was a huge, huge part of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, and in high school too, you know, uh, the 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 FCA presence is has been for for a long time has been a big, big presence, and and I I had the girls softball. You know, uh, Patty's FCA representative yeah. uh sarah robertson a couple years ago and when they were starting this trend of three p you know and and back to back and all that and so uh this fca is a big deal for kids and especially yeah, maybe if they didn't grow up in church right i mean and they just accidentally go to an fca meeting in college or something and then all of a sudden they're on fire for jesus and so i just yeah. i just love and admire the fca people and the presence that they have um same talk about, yeah. Talk about maybe some of your, I don't know, heroes coming, coming, you know, I know you, your dad, you mentioned was a, a good spiritual mentor and an example for you. Uh A lot of people I bring on here, if they played a sport, man, their coach was somebody that they really looked up to and spiritually kind of helped guide. Did you have anybody that you sort of were like, man, That's what leadership looks like. Like if you were to try to figure out leadership, because some people don't know how to lead. Some people don't know what servant leadership is. And that's what this podcast is about. So who in your life coming up, were you kind of like, man, that dude serves people. He doesn't expect nothing in return. He's a humble guy. Like, is there anybody that kind of fit that bill for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been blessed to have all kinds of people throughout my life like that. Nice. Um, One person that comes to mind is uh, my godfather uh van Gravit. uh mm-hmm. he um i met van Gravit when i was uh, a little six seven snotty snotty-nosed kid uh at uh, a church camp and um you know when when my parents got divorced you know my dad worked in the oil field and worked seven days a week and uh he, he he actually got custody of us uh but um you know he 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 worked on sundays and so he wasn't able to take us to church and so we started like van started picking us up and taking us to to church and uh you know grew a, a very very strong relationship with him uh and his wife uh Cindy and um you know after years of of us being as close as we were people be like now who are they and it, like I couldn't just say friends anymore because they were more than friends yeah. so I just started claiming them as my godparents Um uh, but I mean here's a great example I told this uh this story um to his sister and his niece uh, a couple of weeks ago uh one that just like stood out to me. so I went back home to Midland I was over there visiting van and Cindy and uh and we were just talking football because he was a football coach and and so we were talking about football and some of my offseason workouts and I was telling him about how hard it is dealing with Schmitty and all of yeah. this and
0: I was like, yeah man and it was
1: one day I was like, man you know I miss I missed uh missed my alarm and uh and I was just like, man I'm not gonna go. Just, I ain't gonna be late. I'm just not gonna go to practice. I'm just gonna deal with the consequences, whatever. Mm. And, um, and I can't remember exactly how, how it happened at the time, but, you know, I told, I was telling Van about it and, and I was just telling him, yeah, when, when I showed up the next day, I just told him, you know, I lied to him about XYZ. I told him XYZ. I don't even remember what I told him. Mm-hmm. And he, he just looked at me and the only thing he said was man of integrity. That was what, that was his response. He just looked at me said, man of integrity. I was like, dang. And it Ooh. just crushed me. Yeah, like it, it's like crushed me, dude. I was just like, dang, and that's just always stuck with me, man. Always stuck with me, uh, you know. Just like, man, you got to be a man of integrity. You know, if you're if you're if you're a man of your word, um, if you if you you know claim yourself to be a Christian, uh, then then you you have to live that way. And um, yeah, man. So. Um, that hit that, you that's hard. That's the type of oh, it hit me very hard. It's very hard. So, so
0: Schmitty's still there. So, did you yeah. ever? Did you ever fess up? Did you ever know no. Did you ever ask forgiveness? I'll make sure I send this to Schmitty. No, like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
1: Dog, no, uh, I love Schmitty. Schmitty. We, we good now, man. Don't mess yeah. up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, for those of you that don't know, he's the strength and conditioning guy at OU, and and he is doing something right. I mean, Imagine. I don't know what they did different last year or two but i know coach v is uh coach venables is just brought a different mindset man he's nothing you know nothing bad to say about anybody that was there before it's just a different mindset and you can just you can tell man that 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 the landscape and the complexion of that program looks different well the
1: crazy thing is man and i've been able to witness this since being back like you know we we Often use the term Schmitty built, right? Because we, we, we Schmitty built. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, through his programming um, and strength conditioning program, guys are, you know, they're physically fit, they look the part, all of those things. Um, but really, what makes Schmitty uh, special is he is the master mindset guy, period point blank. Mm. Uh, he is the best in the world at getting guys to develop the right mindset, period point blank. Like okay, weights and you know speed and strength and all okay cool, but like you ain't gonna find anybody on the planet better than Schmidt at helping develop the mindset and getting the right mindset for these guys to play and perform at a high level at all hmm. times. It's nobody better, wow. uh, and that that's why he is who he is because he he builds the mind. Like so, when we talk about Schmidt, built we, we like now I know. It's the mindset. It ain't That's got nothing good. to do with the body. It's the
0: mindset. That's so good. Well, all right. So I want to I wanna get into soul mission, man. And I know we're up against it. And I got about 15 minutes, maybe, if you're generous. All right. <laughs> so tell me what it is. Uh, just give us a brief kind of what is soul mission. It obviously is an acronym. Um, but tell us where, how it was developed, why it was developed, who developed, that kind of thing, and give us kind of an overview of it.
1: Yeah, so it was Coach Venable's uh, vision, and he developed it. He, uh, sole mission is the uh, player development department for uh, OU football. Uh, if you go to any you know, major college football team uh, in the country, every one of them is going to have a player development department, every mm-hmm. single one. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them have one, maybe two uh, people heading that up for the football team. Um, we have five people. Mm -hmm. Uh, on our soul mission staff, four directors and a coordinator. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I often say that you can tell a lot about people, by by where they spend their time and where they spend their money and for coach Venables to fight uh, for the resources uh, for us to have five people with soul mission uh, shows that it's a huge priority for them. And so soul mission soul is an acronym uh, that stands for serving our uncommon legacy um, and the uncommon uncommon part comes from a quote by George Washington Carver that says, when you can do the common things in life in an uncommon way, you'll command the attention of the world. And so when we talk about, you know, uh, our guys having a legacy and a legacy that, that lives beyond themselves, uh, we want it to be uncommon. We want them to be uncommon husbands, uncommon fathers, uncommon community leaders, uh, uncommon men that go into the world and and uh, making you know, leaving leave an uncommon legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, this is Coach Venable's vision um, that that he wanted to make sure that there was a uh, a component to this um, to the to his program uh, mm-hmm. uh, that added an extra layer of support. Uh, in, in his words, he calls us the front porch of the program. Uh, it is extremely important that guys are wow. engaging with with these programs that we're doing. Um, there's pretty much four pillars of, uh, of soul mission. Um, one of them is, uh, community engagement. That's what I do. I'm, I'm the director of community engagement and former player relations. And so with the community engagement portion, I work on establishing, uh, relationships and partnerships with community organizations to provide our guys opportunities to go serve, whether it's individually or collectively uh, getting out into the community and serving, uh, having purpose beyond their own self-interest. Um, and so, you know, really challenging.
0: Talk about, talk about the most recent deal that y'all did on the bi-week. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, the build a bunk program. So, um, we partnered with one, one, one project who, uh, they help mobilize the local church. So every child has a family. Nice. That's one, one, one project. Nice. Uh, But uh, they're an organization that that, really uh, is a bridge between um, the foster system uh, and churches. Um, And so they have a bunk bed program because uh, here in Oklahoma, uh, that's one of the indicators for DHS uh, on removing kids from home is if every child doesn't have their own bed uh, and things aren't right, they'll remove the kids from the house. And so uh, having beds, as simple as it may seem, having beds um, uh, helps families stay together. It helps siblings going through the foster system stay together uh, and it reunifies families, um, you know, in order for families, biological families to, to, to um, regain custody of their children uh, out of the system. And so uh, on average, they probably do about six to 10 beds a, a year just as needed. Um, and when, when you know, I've been meeting with Brie Cruz, who's the regional director um, for 111 Project for about a year. And she told us about this program, and I was like, "Absolutely, that's what we're going to do." And um, you know, we had a, a very lofty goal uh, to to build uh, 250 bunk beds, uh, which would you know allow 500 kids to have beds across the state. And so, um, wow. you know, it was a huge endeavor. Uh, we we tarped the entire indoor field, um, and we brought in uh, three semi trucks full of raw lumber. Uh, we had stations set up um, for uh, building the frame, uh, another station set up building the headboard, uh, another station uh, set up uh, for the rails. Uh, yeah. We had a station set up for sanding, <laughs>
0: That's good, and man. a
1: station set up for wrapping and loading the truck. And so uh, by the end of the day, we were able uh, to build 326
0: beds. Dang. Uh, the-
1: That would be able to um, go out all across the state of Oklahoma for 326 kids to have beds to sleep in. uh, Come on, to keep families together, to reunite families. Uh, Wow, it was just a a, a, an honor um, for uh, for us to be a part of something uh, of that magnitude.
0: Well, so are the other guys that are involved? Are they all former players like yourself?
1: Yeah. So, um, out of the four directors, three of us are former players. Uh, okay. myself, obviously, um, Curtis Lofton, uh, yep. all American linebacker here, went on mm-hmm. to play nine years in the NFL was recently named all decade team to the Atlanta Falcons. Come on. Uh, and then also, uh, Caleb Kelly, who was an all American here. Um, you know, and his story was that, you know, he, uh, was a five-star linebacker recruit out of California. California. came here, started as a freshman, sophomore, junior, uh, was projected to go first round. Yeah. Um, in his first senior year, uh, he tore his ACL. Uh, yeah. In his second senior year, tore his ACL. In his COVID senior year, tore his ACL again. Uh, so he had three ACL uh, injuries that, you know, um, that halted his career. Uh, however, uh, in that time that he was here, he uh, he completed three degrees, a, a bachelor and two master's degrees. And so he's a
0: phenomenal, phenomenal okay. Is that all? Is that all he did? I mean, is yeah, that right? all? No, wow. It's, it's, it's and now does his brother <laughs> his brother plays there now, doesn't? Does, it? does his, is that No, a, that's his, not his brother. That's not Jordan's not his brother. Okay. All I, mean, right. not, I he,
1: they, they could they look like brothers. I
0: know, I know. Um, uh, if you look at
1: the names, uh Jordan, he has two e's in in, in Okay, general. okay. Yeah.
0: Um man, okay, well that he and I mean, he and Rodney Anderson would have a lot to talk about when it comes to like just repetitive injuries yeah, and bad no luck in that department. Yeah. But so all right. And then so the first pillar was community engagement. What are the other three? And we and can get those form, former player
1: engagement. Uh okay player relations rather uh is 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 one that I do as well. Uh it's just really just make sure that the former players feel welcomed and uh okay. and they're connected to the program. Yeah. We do a few events uh throughout the year to to welcome them back and celebrate them cool. uh, and stuff like that. Cool. Uh but then the uh, third pillar would be uh, life skills and that's uh, Curtis Lofton is over life skills development. Uh, it's a really robust program. Uh, it involves a lot. Um, starting with financial literacy. Uh, when guys come in, uh, we we sit down with them. If they don't have a checking account, we get them set up with a checking account. Um, we we have our own money coach uh, provided to us by mid first bank the partnership that we have with mid first bank. Um, Cammy Schaefer is her name and she comes over um, twice a week Uh and she's always on call for the guys, uh, but she sits down with the guys and she helps them, you know, work through their budget. What are your, what are your uh, needs? What are your wants? Hmm. How do you save? Um, and then, you know, for the more advanced guys, like she's, I heard her talking to a guy last week uh, who's who's interested in buying a car. And she walks them through that process. Uh, guys who, who want to uh, learn about investments. She's, she's helped guys, you know, lead them and point them in the right di- direction to set up a Roth IRA account. Um, you know, and so, um, you know, we, and, and then we bring in other people, uh, through Curtis's network, uh, to teach them, um, mm-hmm. you know, financial literacy and like the more in-depth stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, he also has a grow you how to program, um, uh, how to, how to cook a steak, how to make breakfast, mm. uh, how to change a tire, just simple Good, life man. skills that you need to learn. Uh, we partnered Perfect. with Hal Smith restaurant groups out here. Uh, and so, uh, in the summer, uh, one day in the summer. We'll go out to Mahogany Steakhouse in Oklahoma City. Uh, they'll shut down their restaurant. They'll bring in their top chefs from around the area, and they'll teach guys how to make um, uh, make a steak, how to make jerk chicken, how to make mashed potatoes from scratch, how to make coleslaw. Um, and then another day in the summer, uh, they'll shut down Neighborhood Jam, uh, and they'll teach our guys how to make biscuits from scratch, pancakes from scratch, uh, eggs one on one. You know, all of these different types of things they can make for breakfast. And wow. Uh, and then he also has a dress for success program where every year each one of our players, walk-on and scholarship guys, will all get a customized suit. Um, and um, and so you know, if you got a guy who's been there for five years, he'll leave here with five custom suits. Um, and you know, this this helps him, you know, go into the workplace. If he's going wow. to the workplace for interviews, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. but then uh the the fourth pillar uh, is is Caleb Kelly's pillar of career and professional development, which really, which really is centered around, um, our micro internship program, the micro, uh, the word micro is because it's a one week internship program. And so when our guys first get here, uh, Caleb helps them create a resume. If they don't already have one, whether they're yeah. an income transfer or incoming freshman, they, they have to have a resume and they update it twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, um, uh, he, he builds uh, partnerships with companies uh, and businesses all across the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we do interview prep seminars, nice. uh, teaching these guys, you know, how to prepare for interviews, how to conduct themselves in interviews, how to mm-hmm. answer specific questions. And then we bring in all of those businesses two days in the spring and all of our guys will sit down with them or whoever wants to interview. They can interview with all. I think we brought in 32 or 35 different companies this last year. And these guys spend two days interviewing with whoever they want to from from, from those uh, or of those companies. And then uh, those companies, whoever they like, they offer them a paid internship. And then in, 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 uh, in May, they'll go out for one hmm. week. Uh, we had this last year, we had 42 guys that went out uh, on our micro internship pro, uh, program. We had guys in New York, San Francisco, Atlanta, Denver, Damn. Kansas City, Dallas, Oklahoma City, all across the country. You know, yeah. we've had guys in Florida and all of that. Uh, that's good for internship programs, and so that's good. Yeah. Wow. So, um,
0: well, dude, I, that's awesome. And and I think as you're telling me that story, I I think those are obviously it's unique. Like I don't know, I'm sure other programs and do a version, or maybe they just scratch the surface on some of this type of stuff. But yeah. So man, I mean, I, I
1: know you know I'll, I'll I'll give a shout out to Clemson because they they you know, I ain't going to say, so coach, coach, Venables, common denominator, coach, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, coach Venables tells the story of how, when he was, when he, when he graduated college, you know, he was looking for something and uh he didn't, like, he didn't have anywhere he could go. He didn't know what he was going to do. He ended up getting the coaching, yeah, uh, right. but he didn't really know. He says, so all his coaching career, he's always felt like there was something that, that, schools can do better for their program. And just uh, so you know, I, I can I can give a little more time. I got a little more time. Okay,
0: okay. That.
1: Yeah, but um, uh, he's always felt like there was more that, that uh, schools could do um, and programs could do for their athletes to prepare them for life after football. And so he's always been searching. He's, he even says that, you know, he's talked to coaches over the years and they'd be like, man, I'm just a football coach. I don't know what to do. And so when he was being recruited by Clemson, uh, to come out there and be their defensive coordinator, uh, it was also a recruiting weekend for Clemson uh, to recruit players. And the first thing he said when he when he showed up and the first meeting that morning was their version of soul mission, which is called Paul Journey. And he said he just broke down in tears, and he was just like, you know, it was like the Holy Spirit was just like speaking to him, and um, you know, he was like he always knew that there was more, and that and like that's that's it. This is it. And yeah. so, um, you know, uh, he always knew that if he ever had the opportunity to become a head coach, he would in, he would institute something like that. And so that's wow. what he did. Uh, even to the point, uh, John, it's is crazy. Uh, story goes, when they offered him the job here at OU, uh, they're like, great. So A.D. and other people, you know, donors or whoever fly out to Clemson, South Carolina, land on the tarmac, give him a call. Hey, we're here. we're We're ready. Like, let's let's load yeah. up. And Coach B was like, "Great! Now that I have your attention, uh, we got some things that we got to make sure are in place before we solidify this deal." And they're like, "Yeah, great. We'll figure that out. We got you know people waiting back on the tarmac for us." Like he's like, "Nope, I'm not leaving this house until we get these things done." And the number one thing on that list was Soul Mission. Uh, Come on, that they made that he made sure that that was a part of um, the resources that they provided him with so that he can build out Soul Mission. Well,
0: that's. I mean that's powerful, and I mean that doesn't surprise me because that dude is a man of conviction, and and that dude is a he he gets it done. And so, in in relation to I know, I know it's an NIL game a lot right now with recruiting, but how much do recruits when they visit do they get to see of this? Like this would be a huge selling point if I'm a parent. Of a kid of a five star, four star coming to COU, and I got five other schools I'm visiting. If this sets apart, like, is that something y'all show them oh, kind of no an question. idea? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. We're, and is we're that straight. a big,
0: is that a winning? Is that, does that win people over? I mean, I know it wins absolutely. parents
1: over. No question. I mean, players and, and parents. Um, I mean, coaches, like, when he says it, man, he's serious. Like, we're the front porch of, of the program. And so, We're extremely involved with recruiting. Um, You know, granted we can't go visit places, but when they come to campus, like we're extremely involved. We always do a presentation, a soul mission presentation. Nice. Uh, We do one-on-one meetings with uh, with recruits here on campus uh, to present to them and and answer any questions that they have. Um, Yeah. You know, just you know, we're we're real big. Like you know, Curtis often says, like you you go to all of these schools and they're going to tell you how they're going to build men, how they're going to build leadership or, you know, leaders and, you know, how they're going to develop the young men off the field and stuff. And the, the question is always like, okay, how, how are you going to do that? Well, we show, we show you like, this is, this is what we are doing. This is what we're actively doing. This is how yeah. we are building uh, yeah. common uh, men. And so, That's it. yeah, we're, we're a huge part of
0: the. That's program. good, man. Cause let's be honest. I mean, OU for 24, 2024, the list of recruits. I mean, we got, it's stacked. I mean, there's some big time elite players that have committed to come there and dude, I'm, I'm excited. And, and this, this whole soul mission, uh, I don't even know what to call this, you know, program, this initiative, this just way of life. This is a lifestyle now at the Oklahoma, you know, university of Oklahoma football program. Um, is this just football or is this other programs, other sports within the university?
1: No, we 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 are hired uh, and on staff for the football yeah. program.
0: Yeah, but I wonder um, are that, other sports. Looking- yeah, so yeah,
1: yeah, no question. Yeah, it's been talked about since since we first started of uh, a way um, to get every school on, or every sport on pro uh, on campus uh, a sole mission, have yeah. some kind of sole mission for every sport, yeah. and so uh, you know it's um, you know That's good. we're 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 in, we're, we've, we're in talks about you know. I mean, obviously it's not necessarily up to us to do that, but we've, we've let them know like, Hey, whatever y'all need and uh, any information we can share, uh, cause yeah. you know, obviously, you know, we, we, us being former football players, we care deeply about the football program, mm-hmm. but you know, like we care deeply about hu- humanity, People, we care yeah. deeply about, you know, student athletes in general. And so if yeah. we can help all of these student athletes, um, you know with with the with the th- things we're doing, the programming we're doing, uh, and I think I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, man, because you know truth is, you know, Clemson and other other programs like they're doing these things like they're doing um a lot of these things uh th- this type of programming, you know, yeah. helping guys with financial literacy and yeah, you know, micro internships and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying, career and professional development, like they're doing a lot of it. but I think what separates us uh, from everybody, uh, and again, I don't know what everybody does, but I, I know what we do. And I know we do it at a high level is that we serve our players. Um, that's, that's what we do better than anything. We serve our players. That's why we're here. And we are constantly, um, you know, in the beginning we were constantly challenged by coach Venables. And now we constantly remind and challenge ourselves that you mm-hmm. know we're here to serve these players, period, point blank. Um, that could look like, um, you know, early on when we first started, man, um, we, everybody's headed out to practice and, um, uh, it was almost like one of those things on a movie. I, my, my phone starts ringing and Curtis's phone starts ringing. Kayla's phone starts ringing. We're all getting text messages saying, Hey, um, this player, you know, on his way to practice, looked at his phone and found out that his best friend back home was murdered. Uh, and he's in, he's in this meeting room right now. And obviously coaches, they got to go to practice and run practice. Um, uh, we were sitting in that meeting room with him, uh, praying with him uh, consoling him, uh, helping him through that hard time. Um, and, um, like that's when it was like, okay, this is what we're here for. Yeah. Uh, and other times, like we babysitted players, kids, you know, like coach, man, I couldn't get a sitter. Like, Hey, bring them on, man. I, I got, him. and so like, when I say that we're here to serve these guys, man, that's what we're here for us to serve these guys, live life with them, celebrate the good times with them and help them through the hard times.
0: Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's real, uh, man. That's uh, real world that, right there. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, dude, I mean, I could talk forever. I mean, anybody in that program, I could sit and talk for for hours. But, no, uh, I appreciate you coming on. I I got one last thing, and it'll be quick. It'll be super quick, and it just came to me. Give me one word to describe Coach Brent Venables.
1: I think the word you used earlier, conviction. Like, he's like – a lot of people, like – don't get that about it like they'll use intensity they'll use passion and he, he does have all of that he, sure. he's very intense he's very passionate uh but all of that is driven because of his conviction um uh, wh- wh- whatever it is right um you know obviously I know him as a man of faith and yeah uh, you know he often says that uh everything that he filters his decisions through is what's best for the players and mm-hmm. he, he means that like he he, he means that he's he makes very hard decisions uh, based on that filter. Uh, and, you know, sometimes uh, what's best for the players, the players don't like. Sometimes what's best for the players, administration don't like. But yep. that's what he's going to do. Uh, yep. He's going to filter everything through what's best for the players. Um, you know, and even when it comes to the way that he does things, the, the work that we put in, uh, the way that we do things. He he has a deep conviction about the way that he 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 operates and the way that things should look and the way that things uh, should be built and uh, yeah. he, he sticks to it.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. It's easy to see that he's got standards and he's firmly planted on the right yeah. foundations and he's firmly planted, and, and nothing's going to shake him off that it's not going to be wavering uh, and I like that I mean it's good it's nice to be able to count on that in a world today where people are swayed by so many different things in so many different directions it's nice to have kind of that stability of leadership that y'all have with coach, coach Venables and, and it trickles down to, to guys okay. like you and, and so I mean that 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 program's rock solid from top to bottom so hey Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate sure. you actually, you know, giving me a little extension, a little grace on the <laughs> on the time. But uh, yep. it's been awesome having you. Do you have any one kind of last parting shot for the audience today? Uh,
1: no, man, just go over you, man.
0: <laughs> I go. Yeah, that's right. I was gonna say boomer sooner, but oh, uh, we always, you know. we, I'm always down to throw that. Out. <laughs> okay, throw there down. we go. Horns down. There you go. All right, man. Show them what your hat says, too. I caught a glimpse of that. Oklahoma only fears God. There we go. That's right. And the other part of that sentence is, yeah, I think (laughs) y'all know. If you know, you know, right? right. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Audience, he has been Josh Norman. We've been last in line. Be blessed.